Hello everybody, welcome back to The Missing Piece, a place where we make peace with our mind, body and soul, or we discuss how we can do that, I guess. My name is Becca and I am awful at doing these introductions and actually considering doing a jingle again, even though I went through a phase of really hating jingles. So do let me know what you think on that. I'm thinking just a little short one, gentle change to the intro music. I've got an idea. So yeah, watch or listen to the space. Hi, everybody. I hope you have been enjoying this gorgeous weather if you're here in the UK and I'm kind of annoyed that I said gorgeous there but let's be honest it does feel really quite nice when it's sunny and we're building up to the summer solstice, the lightest day of the year if you're in the northern hemisphere and um, it'll be the winter solstice won't it when you are in the southern hemisphere so that's a different journey beautiful in itself as well but yeah I'm kind of annoyed I said gorgeous because I like to think that and I talk about this in other episodes that not any weather is better than another they've all got things that they teach us and bring us and reflect um back to us what's going on internally I believe so I believe anyways and I recorded an episode on this uh, back in season two actually and yeah so but the thing is you do feel pretty good out in the sun. And that's the thing. The sun brings that out. It brings us outdoors. It brings us into kind of nature. It brings us back to ground, to earth, but at the same time feeling sociable, joyful, just probably a little bit more happy, I guess. So I'd love to know if that's what you're kind of thinking, or maybe you struggle with the heat and the sun. I know some people do as well. So there's, you know, it's different for everybody and it's really listening to what it brings for you, I guess. But today's episode is actually an episode of, um, well, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. And it's when I went on a four month cycle tour in, in 2019. It was a solo cycle tour from the south of France up to John O'Groats, so the most northeasterly point of mainland UK. And I call it my soft jog journey. <laughs> so if you're familiar with Le Jog, or I don't actually know how you pronounce it, Le Jog. But, you know, Land's End to John O'Groats, which is like your most south-westerly point of mainland Britain, down in England, um, all the way up to uh, Scotland, the northeasterly point. So that's the jog, Land's End to John O'Groats. So my soft jog is south of France to John O'Groats. That's it. That's I just wanted to share that with you. And I'm going to be sharing more because that's what this episode's about. I want to sort of talk about this journey and... I've been wanting to do it for a while, but um, I listened to a podcast the other day and someone was talking about their like cycle tour, which I think they did over six weeks in France. And then I found out that it was National or World Bicycle Day yesterday, which, by the way, is different to Bicycle Day. Bicycle Day is all about like celebrating with LSD or something like that. So let's not confuse the both. But yeah, it was I say yesterday. So yesterday was Saturday. So when, if you're listening on the Monday, it's on the Saturday, Saturday, the 3rd of June. And so, yeah, I just thought maybe now is the right time to talk about it. And it would be nearly four years to the day that I finished the journey. Um, So I'll talk you through kind of where I went, what I did. And, but most importantly, I guess the biggest learnings that, well, they cropped up at the time, but also on reflection, seeing where I've, I guess, progress what I've learned from doing that um, and perhaps maybe what else still needs to be learned I'll just have me a little sip so yeah 
But before I launch into that, I just wanted to make a quick announcement really. And that was that I have made the decision to close my paid subscription on Substack. And the reason I'm doing this, uh, so the paid subscription for anybody who doesn't know would include uh, two extra podcast episodes a month. Um, there's a series on there called Peace of Body, which is like six episodes all about you kind of making peace with food and fitness and yourself. And it's not been a decision I've taken lightly, but ultimately the time and energy just, I just don't have it for it at the moment. Um, so I am really sorry for everybody on there. Uh, you all know already I've reached out to you anyways, um, because I you know, want to let you know and we obviously spoke to you all individually about uh, refunds and things like that. But essentially, uh, yeah, I just, I was finding it difficult to fit it in and you know, when you're starting to find something quite difficult to fit in, your creativity gets a bit stifled, doesn't it? And so it was just, just turning into, it's just too difficult. My life changed or has changed quite a lot since I first started that back last September when I was working part-time um, and yeah, just living in a totally different place. And now I'm, yeah, full-time and just managing a more I guess, full life in that sense. So I want to make sure that I can keep this kind of creativity going and provide the best that I can. So that is why I have monthly newsletters, which are free, by the way, you can sign up for. Uh, there'll be in the link below and also obviously this podcast. So what I have decided to do uh, is just because obviously there's a lot of content on there. I thought I don't want it to kind of just not be heard, I guess. But at the same time, I don't want it to be like, you know, I'm just going to give it all away for free type thing because I had a, that particular type of, I guess, that energy with it. But I am going to release about, I'm thinking sort of like four or five episodes from that subscription, the paid subscription on my Substack. So they won't be here on the public podcast if you're listening outside of Substack. But if you're on Substack, which is basically my email letters, by the way, um, uh, you will be able to access them and I'll release them over the next week. So yeah, do sign up below if you want to hear those kind of bonus five episodes. Um, so yeah, they're just kind of a mixture of things. Um, maybe I will have decided by the time I release this and I'll pop them in the show notes, but maybe not. So yeah, I am. I am sorry, everybody, that that's not been something I've um, been able to keep up. But with being as authentic and as true to myself, that's yeah, that's what the decision is. Um, yeah. So let's go into the cycle tour. So this has actually been really, really fun to reminisce on. And, you know, I could I could talk about it all day, really. And every time it comes up in my life or I get like, you know, when you get the photo memories come up on your phone, I'm just filled with such a sense of joy because it was it was beautiful. But it was also a very challenging journey. So massive highs, massive lows. But that is, I think, one of the most beautiful parts of life, really, especially you're probably wondering, why did I do this cycle to right? We should probably start there. So <laughs> the reason I did the cycle tour um, is partly because I am drawn to things like that. I am drawn to things that are, I guess, physically challenging, but also how that, you know, reflects mentally or, or more that the mental reflects in the physical, that kind of pushing myself to the limits and pushing what I can do and just seeing, yeah, seeing what I'm capable of, I guess. And as you know, I like being outdoors and I like being in nature and, um, 
I'd basically just taken some unpaid leave from work. I'd moved to France and I was working um, working in this chateau. Sounds all really gorgeous and stuff, looking after dogs. But uh, yeah, let's just say that um, it wasn't because I was working for a narcissist. But anyways, fast forward four months. Um, I'd been thinking about doing this tour, but it, uh, my time in France was cut short quite quickly. And so I was faced with the idea of doing the tour in February when I wanted to start uh, in summer, really, or a couple of months later anyways, when it wouldn't be so cold. And the reason I I wanted to do a cycle tour is because I had actually done a cycle tour a few years um, previously in Vietnam for two weeks, which was, wow, (laughs) just, just crazy, like being so incredibly pumped and being so incredibly drained and meeting all those people along the way the locals just oh it was amazing and I did it with Jamie Wilson who you may know if you um, live in the area that I live in and you're kind of um, someone who's listening for that reason but if not do check her out on Instagram it's J-A-I-M-I because she is an inspiration especially you know for if you want that kind of you know, to see what someone is capable of, what you're capable of. She is someone who pushes herself over and over again. She cycled solo around the world, around the world, you know. And so I met her when I was in Vietnam traveling around Southeast Asia and she was coming down through China. So, yeah, we did that for two weeks. She planned the route. She kind of did everything, really. And it was intense, very intense, um, very challenging, but just, just oh my God, just breathtaking, just incredible. Just a reminder of really like just the beauty and magic of life. And yeah, it was gorgeous. So that's, that was always there in my mind. And so I wanted to do another one. Um, And then the idea kind of came when I was in France. And then obviously I was starting earlier than planned. So what I did is I did a four month journey, two months through France and two months in the UK. So I started in February and I started just north of Montpellier in France. Apologies for the awful French accent. I did learn to be a tiny little bit better when I was traveling through France, but uh, not brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, I started just a bit more north of that and cycled in some kind of like 40k, I think it was, because I was working just a bit more north. Cycled into Montpellier and then down to the coast, which was basically right there anyways in Montpellier. But um, so I kind of went along the coast a little bit came up the like skirt of the edges of the Pyrenees and did a couple of the calls that were open at the time and they were quite the big ones were kind of closed because it was you know February so then I came up the west coast of France dipped in a little bit to the Dordogne back out again um yeah came across to Paris met some friends there we went bouldering in Fontainebleau which was incredible um, and then I came up through, um, crossed over on the ferry to New Haven, which is just kind of near Brighton. And then um, I went all the way to Land's End in Cornwall um, and then made my way through the UK. So, yeah, and I'll share a little bit more. I should actually, no, let's just finish what I was saying. So, yeah, I went to Land's End to John O'Groats of my own version. It was like an extended version. And some parts of it were kind of like the route uh, coming up through like the north of Cornwall and Devon um, but actually I then I stopped for a little bit at home when I was in the lakes and then from then on I actually took myself out into the Scottish Isles a lot more so I went on to kind of like Jura no I didn't go into Jura that time no I was on Isla 
I moved and, and worked in Jura for three months, about like a month later. Not that I knew that was going to happen, but um, yeah. And then I made my way, uh, did, the, did, the, uh, did the Hebridean way, which is the cycle tour through the Outer Hebrides and then came back onto the mainland and went all the way to, yeah, John Groats. And so it's kind of like a bit of the route. Uh, I've got a tattoo of the route actually on my arm. I um, used just whatever app it was at the time. I think it was like maps.me. Does anyone remember that? Is that still an app? I don't know. But um, but yeah, and just logged where I stayed each night and then kept that. And then that became the route on my arm, which uh, I absolutely love. So yeah, back to the start. So <laughs> I just want to talk about the first few days because, you know, was I scared? Maybe I was a bit nervous. I think the the biggest kind of fear I had at the time was the fact that I didn't have the camping gear really to wild camp in France and campsites weren't open that time of the year. Um, and it was cold. It was cold in the evenings. I was blessed with the weather through February in France. Everyone was like, how, you know, it's not like this in France. It's usually rainy and cold and whatever. It was just so sunny. Um, but it was cold at night. And so I stayed a few nights, I think, wild. But the majority of them, yeah, no, the majority of them would be warm showers. Now, warm showers is like couch surfing, but for cycle tourists. So people effectively just put you up in their house for free. Most will cook you food or like you cook food together or whatever. Um, and you're just staying in someone's house and you just, you know, socialize with them, chat with them. That's really cool. Uh, stay over and then, yeah, off the next day. But wow, there was nothing to be scared of. So day one was the first day I thought I'm just going to stay in like a hostel. So I booked a spot in hostel. I'd cycled for like 60 miles. This was my plan in the beginning. It's like 60 miles ish a day. And so I started that and well, it was exhausting. That changed after a, a little bit, but I got to my hostel in, I can't know, I don't know the name of the town now, but I got to the hostel and it was completely run down. No one was there. The door was open. It was just an abandoned building. So yeah, point number one about what you learn when you are doing anything solo, I guess, but particularly in that kind of situation, it's like, okay, so there's only really me to rely on. I'm going to have to fix this. So yeah, it takes me a while sometimes when I'm in those situations to go, what do I do? But anyways, there was a, a like a cheap kind of, I don't know what you call them really, but like a kind of cheap hotel there nearby in France and I had to like navigate bringing my bike in and then being scared to leave my bike anywhere but in the room and, you know, all them kind of things from the beginning when you're quite nervous and a bit scared of things and I didn't really speak French. I had some very basic French um, and like I said, that developed along the way, but, but yeah, it kind of did feel a little bit like, you know, not settled in at this point. Um, fast forward like a few weeks later and I'm just like, yeah, whatever, attempting fr French everywhere and, you know, and just feeling a lot more comfortable. But yeah, that first night was a little bit shaky. And then the second night, what a gorgeous day of cycling that was. I got up into this um, like village in the hills and I was staying in my first warm shower. So staying with somebody, you don't know them, by the way, you just go on the app and you're like, oh, that's where they live. It gives you a vague idea. You message them, ask if they're free that time, and they'll say yes or no, whatever, invite you, um, and then you stay there. So you don't know this person. But I am um, a trusting person. I believe that we are all good. And this journey and my travels through Asia as well just proved that to me that 
people are good. Just go in and know that people are good. Uh, and I just don't think you can go wrong, really. And believe me, there have been situations in which have been rough, but like nothing actually bad has ever happened. Maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but that's just how I see it. I just see going in as uh, people being good and to trust people until proven otherwise. You know, trust your intuition as well, but don't go in, you know, that's just why I say I don't I don't go into a situation and already kind of look at what I don't like about the person or what's negative or not trusting of them. I just trust them. I trust that they're a beautiful human being on this earth and inherently good. Uh, and it's not really gone wrong, really. So, so yeah, on that second day, um, I turn up where in like this like little kind of village up in the hills like I said no shops no hotel or anything and I ring the guy and I just can't get through to him no answer and I'm there like I think it was about seven o'clock at night and I'm sitting outside this little village hall thinking like what the fuck do I do and I knew there was like this kind of little it's in this um sheep uh, hut kind of thing a little bit further up and I was like oh maybe I can stay in there <laughs> it's gonna be a cold night but that's kind of what I was doing but eventually the da- the guy did get back to me. He was called Felix, I think. And honestly, it was just such a lovely first night. He invited his friend round. I drank. I, they were going, he was like, do you like gin? And I'm like, yeah, I like gin. And then he gave me gin just neat. <laughs> Don't really do gin neat. But, you know, me just being like, oh, yeah, totally normal. Just sip on this. I'm sipping this and enjoy the flavor of the, the neat gin. <laughs> so... Yeah, and what incredible pasta that was actually. Probably like, you know, people really let the, the tomato stew. It was very nice. Um, and that's something I did learn in France, actually, was that that really is that kind of um, cooking is not to be rushed or to kind of just be something, you know, food really is to be enjoyed. It, it really was like that in all the places I stayed. People took their time on food. One time I remember being like, it was half nine at night and I'm like, I'm absolutely starving. You know, you eat a lot of food on the bike. And, um, yeah, I was getting frustrated because he was just taking so long. We were chatting as he was, you know, preparing the food and I just couldn't settle into it because I was so hungry. And I was at that time still stuck in a, in a place of an unhealthy relationship with food, which is one of the biggest things that I think, um, I noticed looking back and what I did work on quite soon after that, actually, because, Every single night when I was alone, really, and bear in mind, you do need a lot of calories on the bike. But when I was alone, I was just constantly eating, 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 like not comfortable in my own company, essentially not comfortable being still and being alone. Um, Different to, you know, when you're doing alone and you're on the bike and stuff, that's different. But pausing and stopping, it was just that uncomfortable feeling of being alone, of feeling dissatisfied and stuff. So I worked a lot on the food side of that. Um, and also just working on that feeling that's particularly come up a lot more now that I've gone back into being single and realizing that actually this, I'm not actually dissatisfied when I'm sat there alone. I'm not really uncomfortable when I'm sat there alone when I listen to it. And sometimes it's there, but actually underneath it all, there is this, um, beautiful connection to you and this beautiful connection to all that is. And I focus on, on that. And that's been a lot of my journey at the moment, but, but at the time, um, even though I was somebody who was comfortable being alone, I wasn't really comfortable being still alone. So that's something that did come up on that journey. Um, so yeah, I made my way through France, stayed a lot of warm showers, amazing people, just such a beautiful journey. Um, and 
actually, I remember my first wild camp. It was in these woods and I don't know how well I slept really, but I kind of like took myself right into these woods. And the reason I went there as well, I felt like a sign to go there because my grandma was called Omi because she's German and that was um, just a, the term for grandma, but more of kind of like uh, in that region. But it's Omar as well. And this area was called, it was either called Omi or Omar. And I just was like, right, that's so random. But that's totally a sign that I'm going to be okay. And it was a beautiful place to camp. It really was in this forest just by the ocean. So that was stunning. Um, And then what do I want to mention about France? Yeah, so I started off thinking, right, okay, I'm going to go in it. I'm going to do this many miles a day. I'm going to get to here, here, blah, blah, blah. And, and was obsessed with controlling the journey and the distance. But after initial resistance, I was like, do you know what? 60 miles is too much for me. I am not not enjoying that. I'm not actually settling in. I'm just bashing out the miles. So I began to slow down and go at a pace that felt more right for me. And I realize now I look back on the time when my mum came to stay with me in Bordeaux and I think maybe for two or three nights. I'm not sure how long. But I spent most evenings just organizing the next week or two spent all that time when I could have been spending it with her or doing something else but I was spending most of my time filling it with organizing the next stage of the journey now there is an element of that that was needed because I was staying a lot of warm showers but it became like a bit of an obsession again probably that time of sitting alone but I look back now and see how much I was like control was still kind of present in my life because that's been a big feature in a lot of my journey is that kind of controlling everything resisting change and which you know sounds crazy for somebody who went on a cycle tour but I was still finding ways to control so I guess a cycle journey or just any kind of like time alone or physical journey I guess can really when you reflect back on it you can see areas that that you you know there's some conditioning there or there's some learning there maybe some trauma there's whatever it is I think you know, it's um, deep inner work that comes up as well. The physical journey is is a reflection of the internal journey too. So, so much surfaces. And I think that's why traveling in general, when people say like, you know, they went on traveling for six months and you feel like you've grown 10 years because you are, yeah, you're living in a different kind of way. You're pushed out of your comfort zone and then that becomes your new comfort zone. But like, everything that was holding you in the comfort zone previously surfaces and stuff that you want to work on and so much so that was really really big and then uh, yeah obviously I could talk about this all day but let's just skip to England <laughs> I remember crossing the ferry coming off the ferry at like nine ten at night in New Haven and I was absolutely ecstatic to be back in the UK to actually you know I could hear English voices more and there is something so comforting about that I don't know if anyone else relates to that if they've been away for a while and uh, I found this when I was living in France anyways and was going to the airport to fly back to Manchester and hearing um, the just hearing English again more and I didn't realize how much that comforted me because I could actually probably have more in-depth conversations when I didn't really speak that much French so it was like I could just have more of that and I remember crossing over and, and then going to the left-hand side of the road and being like, oh, this is weird because I kind of met a few people on the ferry and we were sort of cycled off together and then off to wherever we were staying, our respective places. And that was just uh, a really beautiful moment. And knowing that I could get a Greg's vegan sausage roll the next day. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> and then, um, so I was starting to make my way along to Land's End 
really thinking I'd probably done most of my hill, my hills near the Pyrenees. Oh my God. Well, you know, when people talk about La Jog and talk about cycling through Devil and Cornwall, they are not wrong. That is intense cycling. So intense. It is just it's hill after hill after hill. And a lot of them are just kind of short, but really sharp hills. And it's so draining because you don't really then, if there's no real like, um, you know, what's the word? Like a let go, kind of let, let go, let off. What do people say? What's the phrase? You know what I mean? But like, there's no real good pauses in between. Um, so that was very physically challenging. And I remember that being, I would have like tantrums on the bike and, oh, you know, in these times when you are just fully alone and you've got to get to this destination because you've booked it or you're staying somewhere or whatever and you just want to give in. But you can't give in, really. I mean, you can, but you can't as such. Um, and I didn't really, I didn't really cry, but I had tantrums. I was just like on the bike and I'd be there like going, I hate this so much, has to be over this hill. I whined, I really whined. Um, yeah. I remember one day in particular whining. I was, you know, when you're tired as well and you've done maybe too many days on the bike, that happened quite a bit. So, yeah. And then I had two days at this campsite and went to the Eden Project down um, Cornwall. Is it Devon? Cornwall? Uh, but yeah, that's really cool if you want to go to the Eden Project. Loved it there. I went to this talk on human manure, which was really fascinating. And uh, just slot that in there. But yeah, so I got to Land's End. And at this point, um, had I cycled one day with that girl? I can't remember if I did. No, I didn't. I didn't. I'd met this girl on the cycle tour and, and I'd not really met anyone else through France. There'd, there'd been some people that go past me, but like, it was funny. I didn't really have much of an interaction with them. Um, I kind of look for the smile and stuff and, and, and whatnot, but it was just like they were always going past fast. Maybe there was just more in France, but I didn't see many. But, but yeah, anyways, so I kind of felt like I missed that. But coming to the UK, um, I met a lot more people on the bike and I met somebody the day, was it the day after getting to London, John O'Groats and I ended up cycling with him for a week, which was a really fun week and reminded me of just being more spontaneous and letting go of that control of where I was going to get to and the route to do and whatnot, because we just did whatever and we went different routes and just did a lot less mileage. Ended up in Padstow on May Day, which I've talked about before, but that is an amazing place to get to just all of a sudden appear in, you know, Pad, um, Padstow, not knowing it was a big place of May Day. Scott was Canadian, so it is Canadian. And he didn't know about it. So, so yeah, we stayed and that was just such a fun time and met locals there. And yeah, so incredible. Um, and this really opened up a different part of the cycle too, with that, that real, that deeper connection to people and the socializing from it. I'd had it at the warm showers, but not just kind of like meeting people along the way. Um, and then as I'm kind of making my way up through back home, I stayed at home for about a week because I was at a friend's Hindu, which is why I wanted to get back for a certain time. And then I set off again in Scotland. And that was, again, just a beautiful time of connection. I met amazing people. We cycled together quite a bit along the Hebridean Way. I ended up on Isla, not realising until I was on the ferry, kind of getting close to going. Someone was going like, hey, the, are you going to Isla for the whiskey festival? And I'm like, what whiskey festival? Not knowing that that was actually a really big thing because Isla and Jura are big whiskey aisles. So I ended up there and spent some time with random people, a random group of um, guys. To, and we went and I remember being like drunk at half 10 in the morning at the Boone Harbour distillery, uh, <laughs> having a, a tea at like two, two in the afternoon and settling down for the night really early. It started so early. But yeah, just really fun, you know, just going with the flow. 
That was one of the really biggest things about it was going with the flow and knowing that I had that ability to do so. I think these kind of big journeys do open that up because you're kind of pushed to it sometimes, I guess. But yeah, and then when I went on to the, um, oh, I wanted to talk about a particular incident actually. So I'm cycling, it's an awful day of rain. This is the thing that can really wear you down that, yeah? So it's pouring down, I've done quite a few hills. I'm coming into Mabel, which is in kind of like Southwest Scotland. And did I hell want to stay in a tent? I did not, I was soaked through. And I just knew, I just knew that if I went into, the, into a pub that night, I would find somewhere to stay. And don't get me wrong, being on a bike as a single female, um, people came over and talked quite a lot because it was like, oh, you're cycling alone. What are you doing? And people were really, you know, interacting, which was lovely. So I kind of just got a feeling. My intuition was just like, yeah, you'd be fine. So there were two pubs in this town. And I was like, mm, I think that one. I'll go in that one. Go in that one. Dirt cheap gin for starters. It was like a double and yeah, double gin and tonic for like 270. <laughs> only in Scotland day and um people started talking to me straight away and I met somebody uh and he was a really nice man I was introducing me to all his friends and then one of his friends had done Le Jog on St. John O'Groats about 20 years earlier so he we talked to him like really fondly for ages and then he offered me if I'd stay at his house with him and his wife um and so yeah I, I knew it was gonna be fine um and then the other guy I'd been talking to was like well I was gonna offer you a place but you know I'm a sort of older single man you might think that's a bit strange I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable so anyways I ended up with two offers that night um but I went with a guy who had um who'd been on the jog and it was lovely and his wife was lovely when I went home and met her um and it was just beautiful really really nice um so yeah really really liked just just that 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 human connection people are good people are kind people will care for you and open up and it's something that I aim to do more sometimes you know like sometimes you can shut off a lot for to people you don't know but actually there is so much beauty to be had when we open up to strangers and allow that connection in yeah so then yeah I went up more in um, up into Scotland um went across to the Outer Hebrides which were the start of like how incredible the the ocean is the scenery is uh in the north of scotland it is all the way through scotland but when you get to them crystal clear blue waters cycled with a bunch of people i'd met um so i'd met taco um he was belgian and i met him on isla and then we ended up being on the same route and then we met different people when we stayed in the hostels um in, yeah in the outer hebrides and what an i just just so stunning i i Honestly, I think I was just on a high that whole time there. The amazing people, um, just the scenery. Uh, just didn't really believe I was in the UK, you know. Um, so that was gorgeous. And then the other main thing I wanted to say, really, because you know, kind of remembering these stories to to not forget to say. But when I crossed back over to Ullapool in the northwest of Scotland and going through the Highlands up there, and again blown away by the scenery, just like. Yeah, scenery and intense hills at some points. But yeah, just stunning. Um, So yeah, one of the big things I want to mention was that I was going to finish. Oh, I did finish Land's End to John O'Groats or the, the John O'Groats bit. I finished John O'Groats the same day. The same day it was all planned. It was already happening. But then, yeah, made sure it definitely happened. As um somebody who I stayed with on warm showers down in Cheshire. 
I was their first person to stay with them. Incredible couple. And, you know, when you go and stay somewhere that hasn't got reviews, so on warm showers, you've got reviews from people and you want to, I guess you go for them because you don't know the unknown, do you? Like, why is that person not had anyone stay with them? But they were an incredible couple. So lovely, so welcoming, amazing food. Um, so welcoming for me as a vegan, particularly when they were butchers. But like, she was an amazing cook, you know, and cooked some, a beautiful like quinoa dish. It was gorgeous. But her husband, I should have, looked up the other names again actually I feel awful about that but but yeah he was going to be doing London Channel Groats with his friend who was blind on a tandem like just just take that in for a second two men on a tandem one's blind so they've been training for a long time but they were going to finish the same day as me so we kind of knew this and we were gently, you know, planning meeting up. And then when I was in the northwest of Scotland, I get a voicemail from her because I don't really have any signal. And I get a voicemail from um, his wife and she says, um, Becca, you know, just wanted to reach out and basically say a massive thank you because near Penrith, where I'm from, the um, that had some big issue with the bike, like some big do you call it a technical issue <laughs> a big issue with the the tandem and it was like a kind of like journey stopping issue and they popped into the Halfords there and a person that I'd known for a long time being a friend previously Jamie had seen that I'd posted he worked there and had seen that I'd posted about um their charity tandem bike ride and so when I don't know the full story of what he you know of actually what he gave them but they couldn't find the parts whatever it's they needed in Halfords but he had them personally and because he'd known who they were based on what I'd shared on Facebook he then helped them out and gave them them the the parts whatever they needed so she left me a voicemail to just be like that's a thank you so much and this is because of you kind of thing and I'm like well it's not really but you know I you know I get it but so that was really cool and then so we get to to John O'Groats um and we did all meet together and bless them they had a spare place that I could stay in the hotel and I stayed there and then they took me all the way home because it was on their route home so they took me back in their camper and drove me all the way home just lovely and didn't want anything for it because they were like the fact that you saved the the bike from sharing that post on Facebook that's like that's all we need and yeah incredible incredible so so yeah and that's a massive thank you to to Jamie there as well not the Jamie Wilson who was cycling um but but yeah so just beautiful and again another the human kindness you know that was massive massively a part of of really what I learned on that journey <laughs> I feel like I've just been really kind of like egoically sharing away I guess here um because it's been really nice to to reminisce but essentially what I want to really kind of say um getting towards the end of this podcast is that yes okay this might sound like this is a massive journey of a lifetime kind of thing so you know big lessons and big things are learned internally which they are but I actually think that you can have this uh, in any day, in any moment. We can have that human connection. We can have that challenging ourselves, pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone. We can learn to get comfortable in our own skin, as this is what I'm learning now that I'm returning to a single life that I had when I did my cycle tour. Coming back to it and realizing that there's still some difficulties being sitting still, but 
way way more able um and i guess i have the tools more now the kind of self-kindness the self-awareness to sit with all that and see what actually the magic is that it brings but yeah essentially you don't need to go on these massive journeys to have big life-altering changes and moments in your life you maybe already know that i'm sure you've probably had your own experiences of this but but yeah i think that was a really big thing that i wanted to kind of um get across I guess, essentially. And that really, from what I did on that cycle too, is to realize that actually, I think anyone is capable of anything. It doesn't have to be the big physical. Yeah, the physical can, you know, represents that mental journey as well. But you are so much more capable than you realize. And, you know, if you do fancy doing any of these kind of big trips, um, you've got everything that you need within you to do it. Absolutely. Like, you know, changing punctures on the side of the road in the pouring rain. Uh, you might sit there and go, I couldn't do that, but you can. And it's the same with every moment in life. And you think, I just can't do that. I can't do that. You can do it. And like, what would change if we just started going? Yeah, I believe in myself. I believe in myself and I can do this, you know? So that was big. And then really, the the really, really big thing about it all is, is, that humans are good. Humans are kind. We are good, kind people, you know? And I think if we just all went through life thinking of that first and just going for trust first, then it's, I'm not just going to say like the world would be a better place or a different place. It would be a different place, definitely. But I think our lives, our individual lives would be better because we are just living from a more open, natural human place. And gosh, you know, would things go wrong? Maybe. But do things go wrong anyways? Yeah, if we see it that way. Or does nothing ever really go wrong and everything's just kind of a lesson and a learning there, you know? So yeah. And also, oh, one last thing. Yeah, I guess one last thing. <laughs> that um, I think it's really, really important to whatever we do in our life to reflect on it and to see what we can learn from it. Um, so even as simple as, you know, if you like this morning, I went up a fell and I've taken the time to sit and just journal about that experience because I went straight into kind of going to give blood and now I'm recording this podcast, but I did in the mean, like in between go to Costa and, you know, have a brew. Thank you to everybody who's bought me a brew so far. I really appreciate that. There's a link below for that. It's like a little kind of donation that you can give. It's buy me a tea. It's from buy me a coffee, the crowdfunder and really just aware of a way of supporting my work should you wish to do so. So thank you to everybody who has done that because I get a lot of inspiration in the cafe but I spend a lot of time journaling there as well and I think it's really so important to reflect reflection is where we kind of do that learning and that um that integration as well so even not even just the reflecting but like taking that time after doing something uh to just sit with it how it felt you know and just come back to that, to that kind of present moment of going, yeah, look, you know, I went up a fell, I gave blood or whatever. Let's just sit here with all the beautiful feelings that that's generated. So yeah, because that was, I'm already the inner critics coming through and being like, I just went on a real ramble there. So, but I hope that was supportive and just, yeah, you, you know, and if you're inspired as well to go on your own cycle tour, you can do that in just like a day. You can just go out near where you live and take a bag and go on a little tour or, if you want to do any kind of bigger journey or you're interested more in the kind of solo side of it, um, do reach out. Uh, I'm happy to help 
if there's anything that I can help with. Um, but I do believe that if you have that idea to do so, then you have everything that you need within you to achieve it. So yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to know what you think of the episode and you can reach out to me in the show notes below. The options are there. And if you feel called to rate or review or share this episode, I would be incredibly grateful. Thank you very much, everyone.